0: Welcome to Lambs to Lions. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Praise the Lord. Yes, today is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it and his mercies are made new every morning. Man, great is his faithfulness. Come on, man. We have reason to get up, right? And I know if you heard the same thing I heard this morning from the devil, and that was, oh, crap, he's up again. Yes, Yes, Lord, I am up, and Satan knows it, and uh, we're making a difference, you know. My wife was at a birthday party for Chloe, and, you know, the parents were picking up the kids, and and then she met the mother there, and they got talking about how these men come to church at 7 a.m., start their day off. My wife said, these men are just amazing. You know, a lot of them are going home and they're giving their best now to their spouses. And they'll, some of them even bring them a cup of coffee in the morning, you know. And I thought, man, that's cool. Our women are bragging about us, man. So way to go. Praise God. Yes, um, we are ahead of the game. You're starting your week off and your day off with him. I love that song, which we we just saying, um, you know, fear has no place in here, no, not in this house. For the Lord has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. Say power. power. Ooh, say it like you mean it, power. power. Say love. love. Sound mind. Love. Mm. That's what the Lord has given us today. So right on. Yeah, we are in uh, part, what are we, part three of our Money series? Or is this part four already? I don't know. Time flies when we're having fun like this. Um, But you guys always get a different teaching than the 1030 gets or the 430 gets. And um, I'm obviously going to talk to you guys a little bit different than I'm going to talk to the congregation as a whole. But uh, this teaching I've entitled, Don't Worry, Be. All right? Don't Worry, Be. Uh, You guys know that we're really good at um, being human doings. Not so good sometimes at being human beings, And by that, I mean specifically who God has called us to be. We are discovering who it is that God has called us to be. And instead of functioning in a world of worry like most do, you know, Romans 12, 1 to 2 keeps coming up, hasn't it? Uh, Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you'll be able to test and approve what God's good and perfect will is. Um, But it's, it's his word. We come together every time we gather so that we can renew our minds. Right. We can shut off uh, all the worries of this world and turn on God's word and apply it into our into our life today. So a lot of today's, you know, uh, worry has to do with trying to get wealth. I don't know if you notice that Um, when we strive, uh, sometimes we can become stingy. Uh, We worry because we put our trust sometimes more so in ourselves than putting our trust in the Lord. And Proverbs 28, 26 says, those who trust in themselves are fools. Like Mr. T said, I pity the fool, right? They are fools, but those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. Right after that, verse 27 says this, those who give to the poor will lack nothing. Say nothing. Come on. But those who close their eyes to them receive many curses. Yikes. It's God's word. And we need to learn what, what it is to be, to be generous, not just on the outside, but truly gen, generous with our whole heart. Because again, God God's not after your wallet. He's after your heart. And you see, our outer world is a direct reflection of our inner world. In Proverbs 23, verse seven, it says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is or so he becomes. Now the whole proverb goes like this. Check this out. Don't eat with people who are stingy, Don't desire their delicacies, for he is the kind of person who is always thinking about the cost. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. You will throw up what little you have eaten, and your compliments will be wasted. Whoa. It's beneath the surface of what we believe that will affect the strength of what goes on or who we are even on the outside, and how, men, we weather those storms. Much like a tree with a with a solid uh, root system. however, most people put their focus on developing their outer world, such as social media, and they fail to invest in their inner world, what's beneath the surface, come on, in their spiritual mindset. and that's why we need to go deeper. turn to a neighbor and say, "Let's go deep." Oh, yeah, I forgot. I'm not supposed to say that. <laughs> I'm going deeper. Interesting discovery in recent findings. Uh, in 1991, this doctor uh, Armour Armoir, sorry, discovered that the heart has this little brain. It's got this in, in. It's got inside of the inside of it the cardiac a little cardiac nervous system. Did you know that inside the heart, and the heart brain is composed of approximately forty thousand neurons that are like the neurons that are in your brain meaning the heart has its own nervous system as a man thinks in his heart isn't that cool oh it's interesting that jesus said in this world you're gonna have trouble but he says but take heart for i have overcome the world just before that he said i have told you these things so that in me you may have what Peace. Say peace. How many of you could use a little more peace? Yeah, okay, good. Jesus was telling his disciples about his death and his resurrection and what he was going to face, what they were about to face, and yes, what we would face. He says that we will all have trouble, but you can take in your heart peace. Okay? Okay. And then he gives this example in John 16, 21. He says, a woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when, someone say when, but when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy. Say joy. The joy that the child is born into this world. I think it's interesting that Jesus says because of her joy, that the child is born, that she can go through the pain. We can overcome almost anything when we have purpose. In Romans 12, too, it tells us that we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy that awaited him. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And now he's seated at the place of honor right alongside God so that's my intro <laughs> we're gonna go through Matthew 6 today uh, we're gonna go I want you to go through all Matthew 6 uh, this week but we're gonna focus on uh, starting in verse 25 to 34 you know when I look out in the room it's just great to see all the men I think we doubled in size good job men. you're doing your job Okay, I would like to start in uh, uh, verse 25. So if you got your notes w- with you to follow along there. Let's start where it says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or what your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? And all the men said, Amen. Amen. Come on. So first point is life is more than. Life is more than. You could probably fill in the blank. But uh, that's a statement in itself. The life is more than it, it's. Life is it, it is more than the natural things that people seek after in this world. So you know, Jesus says, "Don't worry." Why? Well, what is worry? If you, I gave you the definition of worry, is to give way to anxiety, to give way. Okay, To give in, to give way to anxiety or unease, allowing one's mind to dwell on the difficulties or troubles, a state of anxiety and uncertain over actual or even potential problems. Wow, that is the definition of worry. Makes sense, doesn't it? How often do we worry about life? Day-to-day worries are a normal part of life. And in fact, some worry is, is actually a good thing, believe it or not. Normal worry tells us when we might be in trouble or when something might be wrong. If we don't worry at all, we probably have a hard time getting out of bed and off to, off to work, Right? It's also perfectly normal to feel more worried than usual if you're experiencing a stressful or or difficult situation. But it's what you do when you feel worried. You don't become worried, just like don't become anxious. Be anxious about what? Nothing. It's an emotion, but it's what you do with the emotions. The same thing when you have fear, when you feel fear, you take courage, right? God has this this system because he knows you're going to face things, you're going to feel things, but faith cannot fix what you're not willing to face, man. So he gives you the next steps in what to do with that emotion. You know, researchers at Cornell University have uh, given us some fascinating insight into worry. They conducted a study that followed people over an extended time and discovered that 85% of what people worry about never happen. You should write that down. You know, if you wrote down, you know, 85% of the time I'm worrying about things, it'll, it'll never happen. It'll never happen. So why am I giving so much attention to it? Now, check this out. Out of the 15% of worries that came to fruition, okay, 79% of the 15, you still with me? So the 15, you take the 15% that's left, 79% of that time, people handled those problems better than they thought they would. Come on. They even reported learning something valuable from the experience. So if you can do the math, I know it's really early in the morning, but you'll find that there was nothing to worry about 97% of the time. Does that make sense? There's nothing to worry about because even in the 15% that you're worrying about, 79% of that 15% you're going to figure out and you're going to become a better person because of it because you're going to do something with the feeling and you won't become what you feel. You'll become who God says you are. Praise the Lord. Man. So I'll reiterate that. I think you got that. But 97% of those things we worry about either never happen or we handle them and possibly learn something valuable in the process. Praise the Lord. Only 3%. So that's 3%. Only, according, uh, according to this study, only 3% of the time did people's wor- worries prove well-founded. Only 3%. And you know what? You'll get better um, returns on the stock market than you will on your worry. And funny enough, out of the 3%, one of those things was the stock market. <laughs> so funny, hey. Eh? So anyway, verse 32 says, for the pagans run after these things, okay? Do not worry about these things. The pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. He knows what you need. Even before you ask him, he already knows what you need. You know, a pagan is another religious uh, belief that doesn't serve uh, the Christian faith as a person who believes in Jesus and who is following his teachings. okay. so that's what it means to be a pagan. Uh, So the second point is, what do I run after? Jesus saying, don't run after these things. Pagans run after these things. What do, I, what do I run after? So let's just pause for a minute in his presence, and let's be honest with ourselves, if we would, okay? Today's daily devotion, I don't know if anyone got it. Oh, man, what a setup it was found in Psalm 39. And in verse six, David says, surely everyone goes around like a mere phantom. In vain, they rush about, heaping up wealth without knowing who it will whose it will finally be wow that was in today's scripture found in psalm 39 it's amazing how god works i worked on this message yesterday so praise the lord they rush in vain worry and chase after things what things verse 31 says so do not worry saying what shall we eat what shall we drink or what shall we wear food clothing drink These are necessities, but they aren't necessarily our priority. God is. Say, God is. is. My priority. There you go. God is my priority. Pagans pursue these things. God's people pursue him. Okay? So it just makes it clear as day. Pagans pursue pursue these things. If your faith is in me, you pursue me. Pagans pursue the stuff Christians pursue pursue the source this makes sense you pursue me we're getting to it verse 33 and all these things will be added unto you there's there's an order there's a process to the promise he's like why are you why are you going why are you looking to those things why are you chasing after those things that's what the pagans do you're with me what I have for you I'll take care of the natural look I take care of the birds I take care of the lilies and look and 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 they're taken care of how much more man will I take care of you chase me. Chase Christ, not cash. Not that God can't do stuff with the cash, but you got to know what's priority. Again, God wants you to have stuff, yes, but he doesn't want the stuff to have you. Come on. And then, you know, God is, uh, in, verse 30, uh, in uh, sorry, Psalm 39, verse 7, it uh, continues by saying, but now, Lord, what do I look for? My hope is in you. My hope is in you. Come on. So back to Matthew 6, There's that, that famous verse that we all love so much. But, but seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Thank you, John. And his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. So the third point is, what do I seek first? Not second, not third, definitely not last. What do I seek first? Do I seek his kingdom do I seek? Yes. Oh, I love that, Garth. Do I seek his righteousness? Yes. Notice how it says seek his, not seek ours. Because the world will tell you, the things of the flesh will tell you, seek your kingdom. Seek first your thing. You know, come to, come to church on Sunday because that's the end of the week. No, it's not. It's the beginning of the week. <laughs> right? Seek first the kingdom of God. Meditate on his word day and night. Come on. First, Jesus know so even you know even after we read the scripture some of us could be honest with ourselves we we tend to read the verse and then the flesh our flesh goes towards what we can get as opposed to what we can give come on i'll be the first to you know i'll seek first then all these things that he lists will be added unto you and it's like oh i'm going to do this so i can get no 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 we don't live to get we get to we, we live to give right we live to give the life of the generous gets larger and larger but the life of the stingy gets smaller and smaller Proverbs 11, 24 to 25, we, we get to give. We are, we are made in his image, man. So if our God is a generous God, then we should reflect generosity in everything that we do, not just on Sunday, right? Not just when people see it, it's when they don't see it. That, hey, read the rest of Matthew 6. It talks about praying and fasting, and you do it so that you can be seen. That's all the rewards you're gonna get, right? Don't do it because other people are, are looking at you. Right. Do it because God is looking at you and he loves you. You know, I've uh, you, the list off the things that that, that he promises that, he, that he'll meet. I, I've never lacked those things when it came to my family's needs. You know, there's one time I could remember in the ministry where I I got mad at myself because it was it wasn't God's fault. It was a lack of priority when I got a call from uh, my wife. This was early on in the ministry and she needed milk and the money wasn't there for the milk. And you can bet I wasn't mad at God. I was mad at me. Because as a husband, that should be my job to be able to provide and, and meet the needs. And his word says that he will meet all of my needs. And he did, <laughs> just so you know. Maybe that, in that moment when I saw lack, God's was like, I got this. All you got to do is ask. Ask. <laughs> Come on. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will open. You just got to Ask. Those of us that have kids, those of us that even have our friends, you know, like, why didn't you come to me? Why don't you just ask, man? I just, I would, oh, so quickly help you if if I knew what you needed. That's what we're here for. That's what we're here for, church. We're here to support one another, to build each other up, to meet the needs. If your brother needs something and comes to you and you have the means to help them, you don't say, come back tomorrow. No, bro, I'd be happy to help you, man. Come on, I've been there might be there again one day but right right Harold let's get we get to be generous we get to we bless people all the time that we don't know it is sure fun to bless people you do know right and take care of your brothers and your sisters and and we are a generous church I'm really proud of you guys and yes there there are those that, that, that don't seek God's kingdom and there are those that don't seek his righteousness and yet they still have these things right Yet what good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul, right? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Matthew 16, 26. Oh, man. And and I love what, what John was saying there. Uh, online, he he referenced uh, King Solomon, the richest man that ever lived. And you know, he had all the stuff, but he said, without God it is nothing. It's meaningless in the English translation. In the Hebrew translation, it is Havel. It is like grabbing vapor. That's what Havel means. Without God, <sniffs> and you can strive your whole life to gain stuff. And in the end, what do you have to show for it? Don't store up treasures on earth but store up treasures in heaven come on mark ten twenty three. jesus looked around and he said to his disciples how hard is it for the rich to enter into the kingdom of god jesus was was talking about a rich young ruler that had come to him and he said he said good teacher what must i do to inherit eternal life and, 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 he, and, he asked, and he says, well, you need to obey the commands. You know the commands. He says, I've done all that since I was a boy. Right? But then, but then after, the, after that, God challenges him. Jesus challenges One thing you lack, he said. Go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Then you will have treasure in heaven. And then come follow me. But the rich young ruler walked away from Jesus because the scripture said he had great wealth man, it's all gods is it not we're all stewards of it are we not yeah and there are tons of kingdom builders in the house that are that, that are here to financially support the kingdom of god and the missionaries and and this community but see god wasn't really after his wallet he was after his heart would you put me first Then all things will be added unto you. Would you seek me first? Would you lay that down? Mean, If I am Lord, it means I'm Lord over your bank account too. Right? I'm Lord over your relationships. I'm I'm Lord over your wallet. Come on, put me first. I got you. He's got you. See that I don't open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out such a blessing on you. You can't contain it. I got you. Put me first. The principle of the tithe is first God. First, God, me first, him first, right? I love it. You guys liking this financial series? <laughs> Praise the Lord. See, Jesus was, was offering an exchange, and I love that it's written. And it all says that Jesus loved, had love for that young man, had love for that, just like he's got love for us. He's like, I love you. I got more for you. Hey, can, I'll tell you, this is the best exchange you can have in terms of stock exchange, Right? Why don't you trade it in for kingdom, kingdom exchange, you know, eternal exchange instead of just an earthly exchange, you know, like, hey, guys, you're doing good here. But this has also has to do with this. If you put them first on earth as it is in heaven, does it make sense? It's like God's like, hey, can, well, I will use you. I will use all that you have because I want to show you what I can do. Right through you. And in you, faithful and little; before faithful and much. We learned about the about the uh, uh, how God will go away. And He says the kingdom of heavens like this: a master goes away and he leaves his servants. Right? He leaves them the talents, the mounts, and, and to one he gives one, to the other two, the other the other five, and they and they they double it, except for the one that just saves it, and he doesn't do anything, just sits on it, gives back to the Lord, didn't lose it. But what did the Lord call him? A wicked servant, wicked and lazy servant. Like, what did you do? But then what happens? He gives to the men that were successful what, what, what was given, a, even even a more portion to them, a bigger portion to them, right? God wants to make you a blessing, not just bless you, man. And I think how many times are we limiting what God wants to do in us because we're running after, we're chasing after other things first when it should be God first, Right? And here Jesus is offering in exchange treasures on earth for treasures in heaven, a chance to follow him and his righteousness instead of running after the worries and the riches of this world. It's beautiful. You'll hear from my wife every time, the first thing when you give to God first, the first thing you get is peace. He's like, I know God's got this. He's got this. I'm just praying he's gonna give me the wisdom when he gives me more now, what to do with that so that I keep, I'm still faithful. And putting him first with everything that he has given me. Why don't you men stand to your feet? This is the takeaway I have for you today. Don't worry about earthly savings, but be an investor in what's eternal. Okay? I'm not saying don't save, but what are you saving for? Maybe we need to look at less at saving, more on investing. Because Jesus is coming, man. (laughs) I'm telling you. He's coming. And he's going to be here in like a blink of an eye. And one day we'll all face him and he'll go say, well done, my good and faithful servants. And to say, what did you do with what I gave you? Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you again for your word today. Thank you again, Lord Jesus, that it is revelation to us in a season that where the world might see poverty we see prosperity because you are a generous God and we are blessed to be a blessing and Lord Jesus we thank you in advance for kingdom builders for businesses that are starting and those that will prosper for your kingdom and for your glory I thank you for families Lord that will lack nothing in the season and seasons to come Lord because of their generosity you flow to and through them in every single way and we thank you for the most generous gift that you ever gave us and that was offering up your son heavenly father for us so that we could have salvation so that we could be set free so that we could have understanding and come before you heavenly father to the holy of holies thank you lord and man if if there's anyone here today that has not yet received Jesus into their life you know Jesus didn't come for the riches of this world he came to set us free To set us free from ourselves, To set us free from from sin. Because he knew that the wages of sin is death. To set us free from those things that, that we are so tempted to hold on to. That in the end are meaningless in comparison to him. And if you don't yet have a relationship with God. Paul says in Romans 10 verse 9. This is what you do. But if you believe in your heart. If you believe in your heart that God the Father raised his son from the grave and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you will be saved. That's your starting point. That's, that's your reason. That's your reason for living. That's your reason for giving. Because God gave his one and only son. That whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And I want to I lead us through a prayer. just Doing just that. Inviting Jesus in. Putting him first in our life. And if you prayed this prayer, I'd ask you to pray it again with me. If you've never prayed this prayer, you do so with your whole heart. And maybe this is your comeback moment, and you'd be honest with yourself. I have not been putting him first, but today is a new day. Would you rededicate your life with, to him? Just pray after me. Say, dear Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for laying your life down. For me, for my sins, I'm asking for your forgiveness. I believe, I believe that you rose from the grave three days later. And I'm asking you to come into my heart (laughs) to be Lord over my life. I'm turning from my ways and I'm turning towards you. And I will follow you all the days of my life. Amen. Stay in the moment, eyes closed, heads bound. It's cool. God can speak to us through through scripture and there's something like 2,300 scriptures about finances in the Bible. 11 of his parables are all about, about finances in the Bible. Jesus knew that there would be a struggle when it came to serving God and serving money. For he says, you cannot serve two masters for you end up loving one and you end up hating the other and he wants to be loved he wants to be loved by you, and he loves you. No matter what you do, you were still created in his image, and you were meant to be in relationship with him. So, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, all all heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You just give me a thumbs up. Say, Pastor, that's me. You are watching online, and that that's you. You can give me a, a emoji or private message me. Let me know that's you. And if you are coming back to him today, this day was your comeback moment. You know you haven't been putting him first, but you're choosing to make him Lord over your life and put him first in all areas of your life. Would you put your thumb up in this room right now say, that's me. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Praise God. Well, the next thing we're going to do is we're going to continue to worship and we're also going to open it up for baptism. If there's someone here today that hasn't yet been, been baptized and would like to be or... I'll tell you what it's all about. For we are commissioned in the Great Commission of Matthew 28, 19 to go into all the world making disciples and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey Jesus' commands and surely he is with us always even to the ends of the earth. In Romans 6 it says when we go in the water that we are buried with Christ. It represents when he went to the grave and when we come up out of the water it says we are resurrected with Christ. You say goodbye to the old you. He, he, you keep that old you dead in the water. And anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. So if that's you, and you'd like to be baptized, as we worship, just come forward. We got new shirts, come on, all in, t-shirts and clothing and towels. And, yeah, we've been honored to baptize you this morning on the day the Lord has made. Let's worship God now.